Traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, do yourself a favor and stay at Graduate Hotels. The Bridgestone Arena, Target Center, their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? They're obsessed with college sports. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool detail for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Plus, our listeners can get up to 30% off with promo code CRSHOW. That's code CRSHOW. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast reshipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires. Like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, thanks for listening to the Best of Cavino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every day from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Cavino and Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Before we get to Joe Namath, and I like to call it the, it's like the one-time doozy. Joe Namath is getting by on one amazing story. There's a silver lining to the one-time doozy, though. The one-season wonder. It stands out, and it's memorable. Yeah. My worst analogy ever is my Uncle Tommy, who really didn't do a lot for me. Great guy, but never, like, did anything <laughs> Not with the me. most present uncle. No. I mean, he's a nice guy. Like, one of the <laughs> nicest guys, but never, like, took me anywhere. But he took me to see Bambi when I was a kid, and I'll never forget it. You know why? The one time, the one time, my Aunt Googie, right? She played basketball with me one time as a kid. When you're spoiled, you forget all the other times. I'll bring it into sports. As a Yankees fan, a lot of those memories. Oh, this are is so frustrating. Up. I hate this. No, because they're jumbled up, right? I'll, like, I'll wait, bring was up that '96 uh, or '98? Danny, oh, it's man. I'm not sure. I was about to. But curse. if your team only won in your lifetime one time, man, you remember everything about it because you saw those highlights over <laughs> and over. Yeah, it's and the like, worst. It's like all the Dodger division titles that I get jumbled together. Yeah, dude, it's the worst. I wish they were World so Series. The silver lining is though the one-time doozies more memorable sometimes, and Joe Namath may reap the benefits of that. He could be the king of the one-time doozy, as as you're calling it. So The we'll, one-season wonder. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but that is so ultimately frustrating. If you're like a Patriots fan or a Yankees fan back in the 90s, when you say things like, I forgot what World Series that was. Wait, what Super Bowl was that? Do you know how arrogant and annoying that sounds to fans that are thirsty for any of their teams to win anything? When Kavina will say, like, was it 96 or 98 when I went to game six? I'm like, how? You ever hear your parents? What? You ever hear your parents talk about, like, their high school boyfriend or girlfriend and how they look back so fondly and they remember all these things? 
It's like, yeah, because you got married right after that, and that's all you remember. You had like, like two people. <laughs> you dated two people I mean, before dad. Unfortunately, I've had lots, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I've had lots of girlfriends. I'll be honest, I forget that. There's probably people that I forgot I slept with. <laughs> so there's wow. probably, again, not as near and dear wow. well, the, as the, the memories of oh, the one time. The the daggers that just, Monty just looked at me like I was like a garbaggio. Literally half listening to you guys because I was doing my research with my hair. Uh, and then I hear you say that and I stopped in my tracks. Yeah. I, I, I'm Rich is a lie. human walking eye roll, Monty. The longer, the longer you hang out I, with him, the more you realize. Monty, truth is, I've always been very respectful to women I've dated and hooked up with. But you just don't remember them. But there are times where it's like, if, if some girl's like, yeah, we slept together in 07, I'd be like, that's fantastic. Was I good? Well, in your, <laughs> in your defense, in your defense, Rich, uh, you know, you do have dad brain now. So that, yeah, that's what I'll be. Yeah. That's what it I'm is. I'm living a different life now, Monty. I'm a dad. Yeah. You know, clearly yeah. you've lived the life. Oy. No, well, but if you've only had like one other girlfriend or one other sexual experience, you're going to remember that and cherish it and... You know, think about that all the time. You you put it on a pedestal. It's I, the one-time I, doozy. Do you think Ozzy Smith remembers every flipping catch he made in the no. 80s? No. No, but if you made right, one catch. That's, the, ca- same. that's you, the same. When you say I, flipping, are you trying to keep it clean because we're on Threshfield Radio right now? I know. He, he would flip. Oh. <laughs> the, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Monty, do you think Tom Brady okay. has, you, don't, you think Tom Brady, who has been to 10 Super Bowls, you don't think he could jumble some of those memories more than the guy that's been to one Super Bowl? No, of course. I hear what you're saying. So the guy but- that's been with like one woman is going to remember every detail. Now the guy that was a little bit of a, you know, not, you know, you got don't around have a to bit. be a lady killer. I mean, if you were single for a while, you've dated probably a few people. It's not a bad thing. I if- guess just admitting that you might not remember is what well, stopped me in my tracks. That's Rich Davis for you. <laughs> I just want people to know the difference. He remembers his penicillin shots. Though. Yeah, hey, he remembers that. Everything's curable, Danny. Um, <laughs> most things. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, back to the topic at hand. We're going to get to Namath and his one-time doozy in a second, but there's a story that I think is beautiful, Monty. I'm not all sleaze. I'm romance. I don't know if you know. I'm I believe that. Lance Romance. Yeah. By the way, we are talking romance later on, so don't worry. You got more romance? We're bringing the love stories later for sure. Well, fantastic. Because there's a story right now that I find to be beautiful. And it has to do with shooting your shot and and love. There's a tennis star. To be loved. To be loved. What a feeling, Rich. <laughs> Willie Nelson. Julio. Who's Enrique's dad? Was it Julio Iglesias? Yes. Yeah. Why yes. Said, that sounded weird for a second. To all the girls I have loved before. There is a woman that has won two Grand Slam championships. The only person, in fact, to ever beat Serena and Venus Williams. Yeah, let's hear you pronounce her name. In a Grand Slam. And her name is Garbine Mugarosa. You got it. (laughs) Two-time Grand Slam champion. And you know what? Gesundheit. Before we even dive into this story. Of romance? A woman, the only woman who beat Serena and Venus... We should all know her name. Well, that's a that's a great trivia question that you will hear at a bar night, and you'll thank Kavino and Rich one day to be like, what's that girl? Oh, Garbine Magarusa. She's the one woman to have ever overpowered Serena and Venus in Grand Slam uh, championships. So here's where I bring it up. Back in 2021, which is only two years ago, 
but we remember the story because I feel like we we have talked about it. Everyone remembers the story. Monty, do you remember the story about a fan went up to her and said, could I take a selfie? And then he asked her on a date. Yes. Well, fast forward, two years later, not only have they dated, they are now engaged. How about yeah. that? So this guy shot By his way, shot. Please point out that this fan is not like you or me. Well, this maybe not you. Definitely not you. <laughs> this guy's like a fashion model. Oh, like he's yeah. not just some schlub that approaches. Not just like, a fan, a yeah. local, a peasant. Right. right. I looked he's... at him spot. I'm like, this guy sort of looks like me a little. So anyway, the I, I Monty, take a look. No, anyway, this guy, this guy, this guy I don't is. Think that uh, matters too much. I mean, uh, it, does. it adds to the story. Uh, it does, but no, it does. There's spot. a lot of slums out there with beautiful women because they shot their shot. Kavino, Spot points this out a lot, and he's truthful when he says this. Spot will always say the difference between creepy and oh my god, that's so cute is how good looking the guy oh, is. Absolutely. The the, the the you know. The same guy, two guys could do the same thing. One could be called, what a creep. Yeah, but women have way more character than men for the most part. There's a lot of beautiful women with... Mutants? Yes. Well... Mediocre guys. Garbine. And I didn't say mediocre, I said mediocre guys. Garbine Mugarosa is a two-time Grand Slam champion who is marrying a guy who at one point met her... By asking for a selfie. And I just think that's a beautiful story of shooting your shot. But then my follow-up question hits a lot of guys in the ego. And what do we know on this show? Your ego is not your amigo. Sometimes it is. But most of the time it's not. Do you think a lot of guys could date a woman that is so athletically and physically superior to them? Like, if you're a guy that's like, I played high school or football or baseball in college. If you're a guy that's like, well, you got to think about what comes along with that type of woman, right? Is that something you're willing to, uh, I I don't want to say deal with. I'm I'm going to deal with. I guess it's not a bad way. Yeah, I don't mean it in a bad way. I agree. Something comes along with that woman. Does she get you in a headlock? Yeah, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I can, uh, you know, date Ronda Rousey, knowing that if I mouth off or if I say something wrong, she might kill me. Right? Like, I don't. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Rich. But I know that Rich butt heads. And correct me if I'm wrong. This yeah. is from my memory. Yeah. Okay. With a woman he who dated who would challenge him with her sports knowledge. And I'm not saying women don't have sports knowledge, but I'm saying she would challenge you and you'd fight about like relationships are tough already, right? Yeah. So imagine now you're fighting about the Mets. Like, yeah. that's not something you want to add to your list of arguments. And, and you know, it's it's interesting. If you date a woman who is abnormally athletic, I love the competitive side of, of men or women that, you know, I, I'm drawn to friends and, you know, partners over the years before I met my wife. I like people that are very competitive. I think that's an attractive quality in a friend mm-hmm. and, a, and a partner. So I think that's a cool part of dating someone. she's a next-level athlete? But I'm saying if, if everything you do... She's whooping your ass. Everything from mini golf to tennis to basketball to co-ed softball. If you are like a chump compared to her, I wonder if a lot of guys' ego could manage that. Well, again, perspective, right? I think most guys listening, they're with a woman. They're on vacation. They're playing, I don't know, ping pong or anything. (laughs) Anything. You name it, right? Yeah. Yeah. The girl will always be like, I'll whoop your ass. And the guy's like, oh, that's cute. Because in your in your mind, in your in your egotistical mind, that's true. The guy is like, yeah, sure you can. Let's go. It's not gonna happen. But then, how do you deal with it if it 
is a victory on her, on her behalf every time. When I'm like, is that a, a humbling no, we, experience? We hear this a lot with air hockey. Air like, hockey. Go to David Buster's, <laughs> yeah. and my yeah. wife, he's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to smoke you. You're like, yeah. And it's like yeah. eight to nothing. Oh, she's like, you know, oh, man. Oh, damn. Like, I wish I, I wish I've I been could, doing uh, this since I was seven at Chuck E. Cheese. Let's go. Dude, I wish I could remember her name. I, I'm going to try to find it later to give her the proper shout out. But there's a female comic that I see all the time on TikTok, and she does a whole bit about how when she's on the road, she's for some reason a foosball champion. She must have, as a kid, always played with Had her dad table, and mom. Yeah. Like she was so on the road, she hustles dudes at like when she's doing comedy on the road, like, hey, like, wanna play foosball? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. And she'll be like, all right, like, wanna like bet on it? And <laughs> she whoops these dudes because every guy's like, oh, Foosball? Sure, I'll right. bet you. But your guy ego, you know, even if you're shooting baskets, you know, I'll beat you in a game of 21. You're like, no, you won't, but that's cute. Let's go. What if they really do? Is it humbling? Is it a turn on? Can you deal with it? It's it's both, dude. I dated a, I dated a girl, and you might say this is ridiculously insignificant, Monsi, but when you're a competitive guy, you want a competitive woman, but every guy's ego is slightly fragile. Now, there might be guys listening that are... Slightly. But, by the way, Monty, there are guys who are like, I don't know about maybe you, Rich Davis. I promise you, every guy's ego... Oh, I know. Every guy has a little bit of an ego. I you know. agree? Yes. Okay, good. Even when they say they don't. Even when guys are like, I don't have an ego, I'll support you, whatever. <laughs> every guy has a slight ego. Mm-hmm. I dated a girl once. This is so insignificant, but for some reason, when she was growing up... She came from a bowling family. We went bowling. Yo, Danny G, this girl could bowl a 200. And I take pride in like, yeah, I could hang. I'll bowl like a 180, a 160. I could hang like with regular people bowling. Yo, she was doing like fingertip spin bowling. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to bowl with you. Didn't she say, who do you think you are? I am. Yeah, she did. She did. <laughs> who do you think you are? I am. So I don't know. Would you be able to date a Garbine Muguruza, who is a two-time Grand Slam champion, if you're a regular guy. I I said you got to factor in everything that comes along with that, and that means, you know, she's probably prioritizing the gym. She's the one dipping out to play her game, where a lot of times, you know, maybe it's the guy in his Sunday softball or whatever it may be. Going golfing or something. Yeah, going golfing. You know, she's the one who's like always fit and ready, and she's dressed like she's in a CrossFit competition. Like, is that something that you could handle, or is your ego too fragile? I don't know. When I first met my wife, she was in way better shape than I was, and I sort of, like, took it as, like, a like we would go to the gym, and she would give me pointers, and I sort of was turned on by that. I'll be honest. I was like, oh, you. I, I think if your ego is healthy, a healthy ego is going to be a little affected by things, but the big picture is, wouldn't you admire someone's talent, drive, and and all that goes along with it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I lead with a lot of ego, but it's a lot of fun, too. Like, I'm not serious about it. Um, It's all in fun most of the time. I think I could handle it. I don't see why not. I think that's challenging. You know, I I look at those things and I say, you know, maybe that would be a challenge to me to get in better shape and prioritize my health in a different way. Maybe that would be a great influence. Competitive people, man or woman, no one wants to lose at anything. I remember you telling me when you and your girlfriend went out to a bar, you were slightly agitated that she just kept beating you in Connect Four. There was like a big Connect Four. 
she beats me in all those silly games every and, and, time. And there's a party that's like, really? Every uh, time. It's okay. a little different, though, than being, you know, Weak. losing a game of, uh, like I said, basketball. Or she could just outschool you in the gym. Nothing makes me happier when I see, Danny, you ever seen those videos where like a WNBA player schools some dude that thinks he's athletic? Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. But when it's you, <laughs> it's not yeah. as fun. So it's a two-pronged doozy. Shoot your shot. It's a cool story. Right. But imagine you shoot your shot and you're with an elite athlete or an athlete who's just more athletic than you. Is that something your ego could handle? 877-99 on Fox. Is that wanna, a turn on? Is it hot? Is it something you've been through before? You know, if you want to think next level, you could say athletic. Oh. If we end up together, she's going to pass along those amazing genetics to my child. That's another great way to look at it, for like, sure. There are some, there, who's, there's a New York giant who was married to an Olympian, and I remember thinking, like, yo, their kids are automatic. Like, like we're talking about two elite athletes. It also breeding depends how you view athletic. Like, there's a lot of physically fit women that you've probably dated, and in the gym, they're they're – in prime condition, but they don't have a skill. They, like, can they shoot baskets? Can they throw a spiral? What does that mean, though? It doesn't mean anything. I'm saying it's what you define as athletic. Broadway Joe Namath. Now, we all think of struggling. Struggling. It was a rough moment for him. You know, it he was, was, he was but, you know. Like I said, I, I, I don't know. Something about me. I, again, I know it's touchy probably for him. So I wish him a happy birthday, but just me as a nose picking sports fan, I sort of I sort of like that clip. I want to kiss. You. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, classic. It was funny. I mean, hey, you got to be responsible for your actions, right? But Joe Namath, a legend. Then I was talking to you off the air. I said, Cove, sometimes it's more important to be cool than good, and I think Joe Namath might be Danny. Safe to say, Joe Namath way cooler than good. Yeah. Guy was wearing fur coats on the sidelines. Fur coats, good looking. Uh, I, people I at- loved that back then, though, too. Like people loved. Think about the sports culture back then. If Muhammad Ali predicted a knockout and he got it, man, the legend grows. Yeah, like he predicted there was the, the victory. social media. There was the 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 the. <laughs> Is like the legend of Joe Namath predicting and guaranteeing a victory in a Super Bowl where they were huge underdogs. We're too young to have seen him play, but looking at his stats and seeing all those interceptions, he must have been a Brett Favre type gunslinger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Danny, I think I'm curious if any listeners old enough where you saw him play. Yeah, but he had a persona about him. That's like what it was said, though. He his, had a swag about him. Like, he had a cool nickname. He had all those elements, and then he had this legend. That that just grew when I'm, he predicted the Super Bowl victory. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but I sort of am. I mean, like like Refrigerator Perry, cool gimmick, right? Remember, remember the fridge? That was like a short-lived fun thing, but we all remember. It was such a huge Perry. moment for professional football that that's why he's in. He was in New York, became the toast of the town. So I can understand why he would be in there because the old adage goes, if you can tell the story of a sport without bringing up that player, then they don't belong in. But if you have to include them in your story to somebody about that league, then they belong in there. Oh, Danny, that's a great story. That was so well said. That was well said, honestly. Yeah, it's awesome. You can't tell the story of Super no. Bowl history without saying, it all started with... Bart Starr, Super Bowl one, and then you fast forward. It's like the biggest, or the biggest early Super Bowl memory for a lot of people was the Joe Namath prediction, the finger wagging, 
in slow motion. He was the man, more cool than he was great on the field. In fact, he played 13 seasons. 11 of the 13 seasons, he had more interceptions than touchdowns. He only started all 14 games, because back then it was a 14-game schedule. Only four times in his 13-year career did he play a full season. So we're we're talking about a guy that gave the Jets their only Super Bowl. Yep. Broadway Joe, cool guy. And let me add one more thing. And he was still cool and super gracious with welcoming Aaron Rodgers. Offered up the number if he wanted it, right? Like he was still the face and and sort of the the welcoming committee of the New York Jets. And when you look at... Joe Namath off the field. We keep saying fur coat because that was such an image we all think of. If you weren't alive then, that's what you picture. If you were a kid of the 80s or 90s, I you hear- I was in New York disco dancing. Joe Namath. Well, let, let's talk about that's off the field. Studio 54. Dude, off the field, his IMDB. He was in a bunch of movies and on TV, Joe Namath made appearances on- Everything from Here's Lucy to The Brady Bunch, Sonny and Cher, Dean Martin Show, Love Boat, Fantasy Island, A-Team, Alf, Kate and Alley, Married with Children, The Simpsons. He was pop culture. So if anything, the idea that Joe Namath was more of a cool figure. Popularity. And a winner. Very popular player. Than an actual, let's be honest, like if you line up the stats, he's like, his stats are probably comparable to someone that you'd be like, no way they're well, a Hall the of year, Famer. Danny G was saying, how is Jim Plunkett, who won two Super Bowls, not in the Hall of Fame, well, but a guy like at, Joe Namath is? Because you being look, cool, you just said it, being cool is more sometimes important. more important. And it's memorable. Jim Plunkett's impactful. stats. It's impactful. Jim Plunkett's stats and accomplishments, you're telling me they're, but he didn't wear a fur coat. And guess where Jim Plunkett <laughs> wasn't, Danny G? Yeah, he on, wasn't in on Alf and uh, I Love <laughs> right, Lucy, all and, those shows, and, uh, freaking Love Boat. <laughs> I told Ramos if Plunkett had won two Super Bowls in New York, he would have been in the in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, right away. Different so, image to him for sure. And you know, off the air, we were talking about these one-time doozies. And is it all you really need sometimes? Because Rich is convinced that. Well, obviously, Joe Namath wouldn't be who he is. I'm sorry. If he didn't win. I'm sorry. Just to But add, there's guys like OBJ. Like, if he didn't have his one moment, if he didn't have that catch. Oh, I'm convinced. Like, would he have been as marketable and memorable? Dude, no. Odell Beckham Jr. is a great example of a great NFL player. But if he didn't make a few circus catches. That went completely viral. That went, right? yo, that, that's, hit that, that stuck in oh, our memory. That one-handed snag in the end zone that seemed like the greatest catch at the time in NFL history. And he had all those highlight reels to back it up. And in practice, he was uh, he was doing that for the fans, you know, pregame. Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy that's good. But he became more cool than good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, I wanted to add this one thing just to show how Joe Namath is so damn cool. Before we were even born, 1969, following his Super Bowl season, he had the Joe Namath show. I'm like, what's the Joe Namath show? The Joe Namath show, 1969 talk show. It's a hosted. variety show where I was juggling. <laughs> J- juggling. <laughs> juggling. Juggling. Struggling. Juggling. I say mellow. What do you think? Struggling. <laughs> Joe Namath <laughs> and so Dick Shap. It premiered on October 6, 1969. One season, 13 episodes, where 
he welcomed what? guests, and it was a variety show. Jeremy's cool. dad was on the show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about a dude that was just a superstar in life. Let's go to Tim in Idaho, who says he's, he's a little older, so he remembers seeing Namath play. What's up, Tim? Hey, man, I love you guys. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much, man. Where, where do you want me to start? Uh, are we, do we have the right assessment that he was cooler than good? No. Fair. Tell us All why. Right, and then tell All us right. because I'm, I'm, the stats would indicate that the guy threw a ton of picks and really didn't have any winning seasons. And really. by the way, you know, we want to make it clear that we say these things respectfully. Hey, better than us. We yeah, never made I, it to the NFL. If I met Joe Namath, I'd shake his hand of and tell course. him uh, it's an honor to meet him. I'm not, you know, I'm not. You know, being that's just jerk. our impression or the perspective that we have sometimes. Uh, if we're wrong, and feel free to tell us. Yeah, yeah. and Tim you think was, you see it differently? By all means, let us know. Was he like a okay. Favre, Tim, where he took a lot of chances with his passes? Let me, let me, let me, let me explain that to you. But I got to give you a little foundation. Yeah. yeah. Don't for, don't forget when Joe Namath came to the Jets, he was wanted by the NFL. Also, this is when we're talking about the merger. And that Super Bowl victory really helped propel the AFL into the merger process, which was accelerated when the Chiefs won the following year. Now, keep in mind, Joe Namath was a very, very good quarterback at Alabama. And so when he was drafted... Well, he was a first-round pick. You're right. He was a first-round pick. Winning reputation. Yep. Now, he had this beautiful seven-step drop that was just unbelievable. Really quick. Quick release. And I think the reason why he threw a lot of picks was because he had George Sauer and Don Maynard as his receivers, and those guys were just going deep all the time. And the only reason I say that is because I was raised an Oakland Raider fan, and when we played them, uh, the Mad Bomber, Daryl LaMonica, was throwing it down the field also. And don't forget, Oakland and New York was involved in the Heidi game. If you guys don't know what that is, look it up. Yeah, that was when they interrupted the TV broadcast, right? Yeah. So is it yeah. safe to say he's a, he was a skillful quarterback, fun to watch, but just didn't play for but, a good but team. you know we got to also remember thanks for, for the most call, of his Tim. career we also have to remember that back then even look at Montana stats or Elway Marino even gunslingers like Elway or Marino the numbers average quarterbacks are putting up now are far superior to the to the elite quarterbacks of the 70s 80s and 90s like r- mediocre quarterbacks throw for 4000 oh, yeah. yards it now. was a running league back yeah. when he played so you know look at Montana in his prime Montana had like 20-something touchdowns with a couple thousand yards. It was a different game. So stats aren't everything. It just seems like Namath cooler than good. And and that's what we're sort of talking out as we go live. The real point of the discussion was to say, hey, man, the guy's 80 years old. Congratulations there. But how the one moment really stands the test of time. Well, sometimes have- to be a legend, you you need that one moment like uh, – like a David Tyree catching a ball on his helmet, or Dude, a David, or a David Freeze having a ridiculous postseason for the Cardinals, and he goes down in history as like the hometown hero. Doesn't matter what he did the rest of his career. You you made your mark, and I think Danny made a great point, Kavino, when he said that if you can't tell the story of that sport without including that person, then they're a Hall of Famer. You can't tell the story of the early AFL NFL merger and the Super Bowl and the early days of of, you know, building the National Football League, you can't tell that story without Joe Namath. You can't. Plus, he was a big star at Alabama under Bear Bryant, which is also one of the top programs in the 60s and stuff. So his name was definitely, it wasn't just a flash pan. He was, it was yeah. out there for a while. So just, a, just a, a cool guy, and he turns 80 today. So as we always say, Kavino, always good to pay tribute to people, and they're still with us. 
Yeah, happy birthday, Broadway Joe. And like I said, there's a part of me that really loves, well, not only the one-season wonder, even though he had a long career, you know, but that one magical season. You know, the one-hit wonder. You made your mark, and there's so many one-hit wonders, especially 80s one-hit wonders and 90s one-hit wonders that are still, like, I'll give you one. You may not know it by name, but if you heard it, you're like, oh, yeah, because there's not a cover band in the world that doesn't play it, like Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitta. Like, you can't tell the story of One Hit Wonders or 90s rock without that song, 90s pop rock. I always found it odd, if you want to rotate and shift to music for a second, I always find it, it... But it had its impact no, 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 in its moment. I'm saying it must feel... So you could say that band stunk, but you could say, yo, but they had a smash. It must feel ultimately bizarre to a One Hit Wonder to think, how did I catch lightning in a bottle but not having the ability to duplicate it like like it's like the world millions of people made this a number one song but i but why can't i capture that again that's yeah. got to be and i did that's just one random that's one that's got to be the I weirdest out of my my hat here you know i'll tell you what not to name drop but you know we're we're friendly enough with mark mcgrath of sugar ray and he said the coolest feeling is when you get that second and third hit because it sort of gives you the idea that Oh, I could do this for a career now. He said that every morning meant more to him than fly because it took him out of that one-hit wonder yeah, conversation. Yeah, when, when Sugar Ray had fly, it was like, oh, one-hit wonder. Then you get every morning and someday and when it's over and a bunch of other Sugar Ray songs to bring up Mark McGrath. Yeah, then you realize, well, I guess for the rest of my career, I could play festivals and do different things. And yeah, it's To me, there's there's no shame in that, whether it be a one-season wonder or one-moment wonder, like you said, OPJ, or one-hit wonder, because you still had that moment, and sometimes that moment carries you. Sometimes it could be a song, you're still rocking out to that song 30 years later. So, hey man, you made your mark, you made your impact. Happy birthday, Joe Namath. Trying to think of the name of the song. I was trying to look it up while you were talking. Of a song? No, I was going to say, keep talking for one more second. I, I found it. I forgot the name of... Malcolm Butler. I don't know why I was drawing a blank, but Malcolm Butler. Interception at the goal line in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, guy had, you know, guy had a moment. That's that's a moment. Well, you're that part the of the history, world, man. That's so, you can't tell the story of the Super Bowls without that moment. There's moments. And I think Joe Maymouth is the number one on the list of the moments. And again, just his personality and everything about it. And I think we learned, if you're on the younger side of things, had a stronger skill set and was better than probably meets the eye or our impression when you look at the stats and when you talk about what you know of him today. Because my impression as a kid growing up in New Jersey, New York, is that he kind of only had that one dope season. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental health podcast. And each week, we try to help turn our mental health issues into mental wealth. And we dive in with everyone from the world of sports and entertainment, like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. So each week, listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Hey, it's Covino and Rich, and much like you, we work hard to try to provide a nice life for ourselves, for our family, for our kids, and we've worked hard to build a nice home. 
And you want to protect those things. God forbid something happened to you. The things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash crshow for 10% off plus free document shipping. Assure that your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings. The state deciding what happens to your assets, you don't need that. Secure your assets, protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. And again, you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash CR show. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash CR show. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor and stay at Graduate Hotels. Bridgestone Arena, Target Center, their hotels are close to both tournament venues. They're obsessed with college sports. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school colors, mascots. Why would you want to stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot the next time you go see a game and you need somewhere to crash. They got over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So odds are there's one where you're going, especially for upcoming big conference tourneys. You can check out all of Graduate's locations at graduatehotels.com. Plus, our listeners get up to 30% off with promo code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any Graduate Hotel location. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Off the air talking about... How impactful so many one-hit wonders actually were. So anything we said about Joe Namath wasn't to, you know, minimize his accomplishments because I consider it to be super impactful regardless of if it happened yeah. only once. You know, Rich brought up "Aha" to take on me. Aha! Uh-huh. Like you can't tell the story of the '80s and early '80s MTV without talking about yeah. "Take on Me" and "Aha." Uh-huh. That's the analogy to end it on. Yeah. The way Danny said, you can't talk about the NFL history without including Super Bowl three, Joe Namath, the prediction, the guarantee victory, the impact of the win, the impact in the NFL. Of the 18-point underdog guarantee. That's like, you're right. That's like telling the story of 80s music at MTV and leaving AHA take on me out of it. And that's just one of so many impactful one-hit doozies. So one season wonder, one-hit wonder, one-moment wonder. Hey, they had their moment. Um, But you know what we do every Wednesday? I love it. Let's go. Covino and Rich get you over the middle of the week with... 
Midweek Major. Major. Ooh, I love that. We throw sports and pop culture headlines and topics at the fellas, and it's like the kids say. That's so midweek. Definitely major. CNR scoring. Midweek Major. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that was a good that one. That was a good one, yeah. Wow. That's from the oh. depths. Tom, I had to reach into my inner LL Cool J for that one. Yo, man, I feel like I smell steakums from 1980-something. That was in the bottom of your belly somewhere. I have my Kango hat on today. All right, so before we get to America's number one host for Midweek Major and only host for this segment, um, we're going to roll the dice. I brought the love dice into the main studio. This is for home field advantage. Who gets to go first, Covino or Rich? These dice are sticky, Danny J. You got something to tell us? All right, let's go. The love dice. I uh, used hand sanitizer on them. Okay. Nine. I rolled a oh, nine. It's pretty good. Oh, it's tough to beat. Let's see. Oh, yeah. And Rich's roll. Ah, six. Yeah, buddy. Uh, oh, Covino's going to go first right nice. after I introduce America's number one host for Midweek Major, the most famous man from Scotch Plains, New Jersey, Spotty Boy. Hey. Hey, everyone. Well, Judy Bloom's a woman, so she's more famous than you. That's true. That's true. There are plenty of other famous men from Scotch Plains. Uh, Anyway, um, hi, guys. Hi. All right. First up, uh, prepare to see Travis Kelsey on the big screen. I don't know if you heard about this. The Chiefs tight end just signed a deal with CAA, the creative artist agency for off-field representation, which could pave the way for a career in Hollywood. As you know, he hosted SNL earlier this year, Saturday Night Live, right after the Super Bowl. Um, He had his dating show. Uh, He does his podcast with his brother. Hollywood Kelsey is this midweeker major. Uh, well, I hope, first off, that CAA does more for him than they did for us. I knew that was coming. Yeah, so that's my <laughs> first wish. In here. No, hey, it all worked out. But I think this is a mid-story. That's so mid. Not that major, because I still like Travis Kelsey, the football player, but good for him that he's looking ahead. It's, uh, it's not an easy or guaranteed road to make it from the football field. And then to the big screen. It, it doesn't always translate. He may be football funny or football charismatic, but it doesn't always translate on TV and in entertainment. So I wish him the best, but it's kind of mid. I, I mean, I think it's major. He's going to be a movie star. Nah. I think he, I think he, uh, he should hope to follow in the footsteps of Joe of O.J. Simpson. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, maybe not totally in the footsteps of O.J. Simpson, but O.J. up until the Naked Gun movie. So uh, it's not easy. It's not easy, man. Uh, in the world of sports and entertainment, John Cena, The Rock, Gronk, Bautista. Uh, Peyton Manning, Bautista is sort of a, a movie star now. It's not easy, but Kelsey's got the personality. Right, People like him. Let me him. ask you this. How many football players can you name that were box office draws? I'm not saying he can't make an impact and have his moment. I would never want to take that away from him. The guy's great at what he does, but how many can you name? Maybe it's got to be a first one day, Kavino. All right, Someone's well. has got to break through. Yeah. All right, I'm going to say it's a, it's a major story yeah, that he's trying to do it. All right, fine. Kind of uh, so, Jay Cutler, I know oh you guys boy. are big fans, has gone from playing for the Bears to hunting them. You like that, Monsi? Uh, the, oh, no. The former QB uh, posted a photo of him with his kill, which was a cinnamon black bear um, in Big Sky Country, Montana. 
he told Outsider, which I think is, has to do with the outside, um, that he used the scope bulk action rifle for the kill and um, showed just how skilled of a shot it was. Apparently, he goes hunting regularly. He posted a photo last year of him tracking this deer for years. Insane. Midweek or major? Uh, only because I'm not a big hunting guy. I'm going to say mid. I know a lot That's of people so are. Uh, I saw the cinnamon grizzly that he got. Props to him. Hey, if he's happy after playing football and this is his thing, I'm glad he found his thing. So it's kind of a mid story. I saw it on TMZ. Uh, I'm going to say it's a weak ass story. Uh, I mean, listen. If it's for population control, I get why people hunt deer and other things for, you know, because they ruin crops and population. But to just hunt a bear for the hell of it, sort of weak. Uh, unless, of course, does it say the, did it steal his picnic basket? Uh, no. Rich. Well, okay, he's then. one of many <laughs> athletes who hunt on the side. Like, I know Carson Wentz is a big hunter, so he's just joining that club. Our buddy Derek Wolf, Derek remember Wolf. he caught that yeah. saber-toothed tiger? I mean, I'm not anti-hunting. Sometimes a tiger was a menace. Listen, I'm not anti-hunting. I'm just saying it's a, sort of a weak story. All right, fine. What you uh, got? That's good enough for me. I know you guys love trash reality TV. Huge fans of trash TV. Well, not all of it. I love Love is Blind. Or, uh, and The Bachelor. it's not trash because it's on and, Fox. You know, uh, never mind. Uh, so if you're looking for a show to watch this summer, a new show set to debut Monday um, called Stars on Mars. I don't know if you've seen the advertisements for this. I, I did see Stars one. Stars on Mar- Mars, where 12 actors, musicians, athletes, and TV personalities will compete to see who's the best at colonizing Mars. I don't know what? where they come they up set with up, this. They set up a fake like yeah, Mars. Yeah, they set, set up like a fake Mars like uh, uh, simulation where they have to see who is the best. It's hosted by Captain Kirk himself, William Shatner. It's going to feature athletes like Lance Armstrong, Marshawn Lynch, Adam Rippon, Ronda Rousey, oh, and wow. Richard Sherman. Okay, and then a few other like celebrities mixed in, like uh, Ariel Winter from Modern Families on there. Um, it, yeah, it's described. I would have said completely weak until you named. All those names. It's, it's some pretty big and names. William involved. Shatner is involved. I'm just thinking by 2020 something, we should be already like figuring out how we're doing shows on actual Mars, not pretending. So, oh, you thought we'd be on Mars already? Yeah, like therefore, I find it kind of mid. I would have said we completely, so you know, but you named some big names, so I'm kind of intrigued. Did you ever see The Martian? Takes a while to get there. Yeah, but I have a question. Did, well, does the Mars affiliate will they pick up our show? <laughs> Because that's a factor if I'm going to like this that's show. That's true. Um, and, you know, and what is the point of this? To see, yeah. Uh, a, is it like who's like a bad colonizer, right? The and they get summer. kicked off? That's the point. Okay. It's the su- summer program. Yeah, it's, they're just competing to see who, who's the best <laughs> colonizer. I don't, even, I don't know what this means. Hey, who's the pre- make, who made the corn? I want to be on Lance Armstrong's team. Because that, guy, that guy will cheat to win. Um, yo, is it who has the biggest tribe, I think? Because Antonio Cromartie should be on the show. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch is going to be high the whole time. I don't know. I'll watch it. I think this is mid, but you know what? It might be a dumb summer watch. Right. You know, it's mid with some pretty big names, though. I know. You're, I, the names are surprising. Yeah. I mean, they put you guys on Fox. Why not this show? We would be on this show. Stars uh, on Mars. All right. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, yeah. uh, as you may or may not know, huge sneakerhead. Uh, he posted a video this week of 100 pairs of of Air Force Ones that he has in boxes and him stacking them up inside his closet in actually a very awkward way. Like, I don't know why he chose to, like, stack them all from floor yeah, to ceiling. He's five foot nothing. He's he stacked five, them, like, yeah. 100 feet He, like, high. climbed up a ladder and you can see the tower, like, shifting back and forth. Anyway, apparently he only wears them once 
so they stay gleaming white, and then he takes the pair and he donates them. So he's living the fantasy. He's living the fantasy that I know you guys have, where you want to just have one pair, a new pair of socks every day. Well, that's attainable. I, th- I think I'm going to do that next year. I, I did the math; it's not that expensive. But anyway, <laughs> midweek or major. This is mid, pun intended, because they're, so they're mid, they're mid Air Force Ones, they're mid tops. But I think it's only mid because it's so extremely wasteful that it makes me want to barf. This guy, this guy wears his sneakers once. And then does what with them? If he tosses them, he donates them. I he does that. donate yeah, them. He donates them to charity. Ah, the people who the, want to just still, it just is so excessive that it makes me want to barf. Because so he, for that reason, I say mid. But he is living the so dream. Mid. Because he donates them, it goes from weak to mid. Okay. That's so mid. Because he's okay. doing something nice. But when you're, but have you seen it though? His closet is stacked to the ceiling. You, you have to say it's, it's ridiculous. So when you're Floyd, right. when you're Floyd. And you make hundreds of millions of dollars, team uh, money team. If he, if each pair of sneakers costs a couple hundred bucks, he's only spending seventy something thousand dollars a year, which is a lot. But when you're Floyd Mayweather, it's not that much to wear a pair of sneakers you once and donate them. Yeah, but you can't get two or three or a week's worth out of yeah. Air Force Ones. I mean, right. I know you want them, you know, crease free, and you want them gleaming white, but that's just goes with, it goes with his image, bro. You also have to see the video. Like, if you had a hundred pairs, like a hundred boxes of shoes, you might stack them like ten rows of ten. I swear, it's two rows of fifty. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he stacked yeah, them that way. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's you ridiculous. Gotta, you got to see the visual to the story. I mean, he's playing sneaker Jenga on the side. Yeah, yeah it's like that. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Charles Barkley, Sir Charles Barkley, yeah. is hopping on the weight loss drug trend. Um, in a recent interview this week, he said he's down 60 pounds, not with Ozempic, but with the drug Munjaro. Aren't they similar? Uh, very. Uh, he started at 352 pounds, is down to 290 pounds. Wow. And he said, I, I quote, he's starting to feel like a human being, not a fat ass anymore. His goal is to get down to 270, which is just 20 uh, pounds shy of his playing weight, which was 250. So he's starting to eat healthier, getting back out, uh, you know, working out and everything. Um, and he said his doctor told him there's a lot of fat young people, but not a lot of fat old people because they're all dead. Yeah. So it really yeah. was like a shock to him. Midweek or major? I think that's major. I think that's a uh, great yeah, inspiration. He makes a great point. I would have said mid until you made that last point. Right. Yeah. How many giant, he's a big dude. How many, you know, almost seven foot tall, 400 pound men do you see walking around at an old age? You know, that's great. I think that's a great example to lead by. I mean, you could say it's a shortcut, but if it takes the weight off and it gives them some extra years, hey, the more we get Charles Barkley, I find him and Shaq to be extremely entertaining, so yeah. I, I'm all for I, it. I can't believe he was 352 pounds. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's a big, he's a big the hi- guy. I think he's it's the, hi- the heights deceiving okay, Ramos, because yeah, okay. when you think about it, because I'm like, really? And then you're like, well, he is like, you know, what, 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, or something? So, yeah, it makes sense, It's like right? take you and stretch it. You know, it's like yeah. we'd all be. Yeah. Uh, back up, Camino. I really, I got nothing to add. Next door. <laughs> no, because I think it's Fine. great. Honestly, you don't see a lot of old. It's a, it's a sad reality. You don't see a lot of old big fat guys. So I want Charles to live long. Good oh, choice. Okay, great. All right. Speaking of uh, weight loss, uh, if you're heading to New Zealand, you might want to think twice about what you're eating before you head to the airport. A new, the New Zealand's national airline, Air New Zealand said it's going to start weighing its passengers as part of a, um, a survey they're doing before they head on the flight. They're saying they weigh everything that goes on the plane. They weigh your luggage, the cargo, the food, but they never weigh the passengers. So as as a way to figure out the average weight 
per passenger to calculate for future flights over the next month. They want to weigh ten thousand passengers. Makes sense. And see what the average weight is. All right. They're not going to release. They're not going to release the weights. It's not going to be public. It's, it's not like a anonymous. carnival where the numbers. Yes. Are. <laughs> they're not going to announce it. Uh, it's just they're doing it as an anonymous survey. Wait, the, the, the person behind the desk isn't guessing their weight first. No. Okay. Uh, midweek or major. This is a mid story. Look, safety that's priority, so and I think that's great. Right. You want to put everyone's safety first. Brian, first of all, have no plans of going to New Zealand. And I think the only people that are upset by this story are the slob kebabs that are worried about how much they weigh. Slob so, kebabs. Don't shame me. Yeah. No. So, I mean, like, think of how many flights would have not crashed if we took these proper precautions. Yeah. Who would so, still be alive? Exactly. Uh, I think this is, it's just, it's like so mid. The story that's is like. so mid. Because who? Someone going to get offended by weighing. If I have had, there's been times well, that's where. that's why it's a story because some people are offended by that. Weight on a plane. And to is, me, that's ridiculous. Weight on a plane is such a weird thing to begin with. Like, how many times have you weighed your bag and they're like, oh, sir, your bag's 51 and a half pounds. They have to start moving your chonies from one bag to a carry-on and you have a boot in your laptop bag because you're just trying to get your bag to 50. Weigh me. I don't care. You're weighing my bag. You're weighing everything. If it's for the if it's for a reason, do it. Who well, cares? we were saying off the air. I mean, isn't that why Aaliyah's plane crashed yeah. because of a, yeah. a weight imbalance? They actually do that a lot. They actually do weight people. You have to provide your weight when you fly smaller planes. So yeah. it makes sense. And let me sneak in one more just because it's Tom Brady. Uh, so off to Sardinia, Italy, where Tom Brady was spotted on a yacht with uh, the hospitality guru, which is uh, David Grootman, who runs uh, restaurants in Miami. So obviously that's why they linked up. But also on this boat, also on the yacht, Leo DiCaprio, who you may know dated Giselle in the early 2000s oh. for about five years. Oh, boy. So possibly a little awkward counter oh. encounter on the uh, shores of Sardinia. So the uh, midweeker major. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you see the group picture? They're on opposite sides of the picture. Yeah. Oh, so they weren't broing they, they weren't, they weren't broing down. They weren't having a bro down showdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is. A mid-story. Okay, I'd say weak, but you got two big names in there. I never heard of the Groupman guy. But Leo DiCaprio, one of the greats, and, of course, Tom Brady, anything he does makes news. So, yeah, it's a mid-story. Yeah. But I like the awkward tension there. I do. I think that's oh, interesting. Or maybe it's not. Yeah. They're both exes now. Maybe, yeah. All right. Well, on sure. that note, uh, Monty, I ask you as we get into your update. Who's a, who's a, who's a bigger – who's more mammoth? Who's a bigger star, Tom Brady or Leo? I think it depends on who you ask. That's a We're good question. You. Though. We're asking Monty Bolaños. Ooh, I was about to say something inappropriate. Honestly, you were going to say it. Say it. Say it. Were you about like, to tell us who you'd rather? Yes, I was going with that. Yeah, because to me, they're both <laughs> stars. I, you know what I mean? That's so that's I was like, we got Tom, because he's in better shape. Nah, Leo DiCaprio. Oh. It's really hard, but I think I'm gonna go Leo yeah, DiCaprio. It wow. It's very it's real close, guys. Okay. It's real close. <laughs> Just so you know. Moving on, I'm getting flustered over here. Announced that tennis great Roger Federer will be available to give you directions in three different languages. Yeah, but does he have like a memorable voice? Like, yeah. if, you, like I, if, you, if you told me it was like Morgan Freeman or something, like, that's one thing. Like, yeah, Roger Federer, you could tell me it's a random dude. Ramos, do you know Federer's voice by. Uh, uh, not really. Don't take this away. <laughs> I don't want Ramos to be on my way. Roger Federer. Thank you. Don't Mom. take this away. Turn left. English, French, <laughs> and German. No, I want, I want Darth Vader on my. Don't take this away from Roger Federer. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Game one of the NBA Finals is tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Heat will take on the Nuggets. Eric Spolstra has officially ruled out Tyler Hero for game one.
The last thing I'll tell you, I saw it on Sports Illustrated that Max Struess is the real MVP. Apparently on their way back after winning the Eastern Conference Finals, he went up and down the plane to make sure that every staff member and media reporter got a picture with the trophy. That's cool. That's, That's amazing. Nice. By the way, can I get Rob Parker on my navigation? Like, make a right for burger and fries! <laughs> nah, yeah, that's more memorable. <laughs> that's, I would take that instead. I like that. Alright, thank you, Mons. <laughs> Not a bad idea. You turn! <laughs> you miss your turn! <laughs> thank you. That was the is worst turn on? in the world! <laughs> <laughs> you should get that, Rich. That's a great idea. Focus. All right, hey. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. Traveling to see your favorite team this winter? You have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college sports just like us. Each Graduate Hotel is a shrine to its hometown and local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school colors, mascots, you name it. Why would we stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot for the next time you go see a game and need somewhere to crash. They have over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south and all over the Midwest, so odds are there's one where you're going, especially for games in the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate's locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. That's code CRSHOW at any Graduate Hotel, any location, up to 30% off. So go book your stay now at graduatehotels.com. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires, all-weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to you at home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Pirelli test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're the experts. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's a drive from Mike Trout. See you later. That is long gone. Almost to the concourse in left field. Mike Trout rips one. And the Angels have a 2-0 lead. Courtesy of Angels Radio Network, Trout's fourth longest home run in his history, in his career. It's the progressive play of the day. 
I, I, I have a corny question. On the day that we celebrate Joe Namath's 80th, on a day that we say Clint Eastwood's 93. Ooh, 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 who's, ooh, who's, ooh. who's in there? You know who turned 60 something today? 62. Uh, Marty McFly's mom, Lorraine McFly. Leah Thompson. Thompson. Leah Thompson, her birthday as well. Um, corny question. Mike Trout, his fourth biggest home run, right? Ever? Fourth longest? Fourth longest. The average guy or gal, Monsi, Danny G, Ramos, Spotty, Kavino. When you think back to Little League, junior high, high school, college, intramural, rec sports, do you remember like your best hit or your best like clutch three-pointer? Like, Do you remember your best like amateur sports moment? Like, Kavino, could you look back and say, oh, yeah, I remember my biggest home run? Monty, do you remember, like, I, your best moment in volleyball or softball? No, I. The, mm, my best moment was probably in basketball, and I was playing Valley Christian High School. I went to GAR, and I hit seven three-pointers. Whoa. I ended with, like, 29 Ooh. points. Damn! And then I got a technical because I left my hand up <laughs> on, wow. on, on one of them. I got a technical. I was like, come wow. on, ref! Man. Swaggy Bolaños. <laughs> I remember Swaggy Bolaños is your new name. <laughs> yeah, for I love like it. it. I'll take it. Swaggy Bolaños on I the think, updates. I think... What I'm about to say could be relatable. I don't know. I remember my first like yeah. home run at you know in little league or whatever, right? But I was young. I went 275 feet into the next field. Oh wow! Right, but as a little kid, that was a oh, bomb. That's a bomb. Yeah, yeah. sure. So I remember that because I remember getting to school the next day in fifth grade, and one of my buddies were like 275 feet, and I remember one home run I hit in high school. Right? Yeah. And you ever remember those that it, it didn't feel like anything, but it just. Mm-hmm. That's the best feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I don't even know how that happened, but I guess I got to get a hold of it or something. I don't know. I barely swung yeah. at that one. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember like one in particular. I just wonder if everyone in an, on an amateur yeah, childhood or like rec league, sure. you know, has that memory of like, oh, I just brought it that day. Yeah, rec league. I, play, I played in the same softball league you're in right now, Rich, at Balboa Park. Yeah. And the team, I was new to the team. Absolutely. And everybody was fired up for this game. It was like my third game with the team. I came up, two guys on, I hit a double down the third baseline, walk off, win. The team's going nuts, and the the captain of the team presented me with a game ball. <laughs> they, they had never beaten that team before. Oh, that's oh, awesome. That was, yeah. it, was the num- it, it was the number one team in that A-League, and I had no idea. And the reason I went up there and had no pressure on myself, I didn't know. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. So yeah, just I think uh, I just wonder if a guy like Mike Trout, when he hit that bomb today, almost 500 feet. I wonder if Mike Trout, even when you're one of the greatest players of all time, do you think Mike Trout's like, well, that's definitely one of the biggest home runs? Like, like did he feel it? Like, did he feel like that was a bomb? Because you you hit home runs, every, you know, from literally. And I always remember. I always think, does he remember the highlight because he keeps watching it back? Or does he remember it from his perspective? No, I, that, that's a good question, too. But I, I do, always think that. I do wonder, when you are that level of Mike Trout, where you're one of the greatest ever, do you think Mike Trout even acknowledges, like, that wasn't a line drive that made it over the fence. That wasn't a home run. That was a, like, yo, a bomb. I just wonder if those guys even acknowledge Some that. of them have to stand out. Yeah, I would Like, there are times where, out. you know, I'm a Mets fan. There are times Pete Alonso gets a hold of one where I'm like, it, this wasn't a just made into the fourth row of the, of the outfield. This was a... Upper decker bomb, and I just wonder if those guys like remember those. Like, yeah, I got all right. that one. So, hey, enjoy your rec league sports, enjoy your baseball tonight because, uh, you know, we don't got any, uh, no NBA tonight. Tomorrow, we got to wait for game one. We'll get all chalked up and fired up for tomorrow.
Uh, we'll keep you fired up. We'll give away more bribery balls. So giveaways tomorrow. We'll give away extra yeah. tomorrow, and we'll discuss some old school when 50 hits. And uh, in the meantime, have a good night. <laughs> Are you going to uh, gonna have an Al Pacino type of night? Don't oh, mind gonna, if I do. I'm going to get someone <laughs> pregnant. Yeah, what? That's what? the other big story. <laughs> yeah, you, Monty, you heard that story? No. Al Pacino's girlfriend is expecting. He's 82, and she's 29. She's 29. And uh, speaking of Clint Eastwood's birthday, she also dated Clint Eastwood. Oh, man. She dated a bunch of old guys. I'm I'm good. I didn't need to know that. (laughs) She likes likes low-hanging. Anyway. um, This girl was with Mick Jagger, Clint Eastwood, and now she's having Al Pacino's baby. And she's in her 20s. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild story. She doesn't story. have daddy issues. She has a grandpa issues. She has great I, grandpa oh issues. Oh, goodness. Uh, goodness. And again, you know, it's it's crazy that we have De Niro and Pacino Ooh, uh, in the same conversation. Yeah, both gonna, they're going to go to the da- daddy daycare together. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, arrivederci, baby. See you in the promised land. Good night. Goodbye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, do yourself a favor and stay at Graduate Hotels. The Bridgestone Arena, Target Center, their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? They're obsessed with college sports. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool detail for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Plus, our listeners can get up to 30% off with promo code CRSHOW. That's code CRSHOW. Book today at graduatehotels.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.